Welcome to the Apple of Truth, a weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while exploring plot holes and diving deep into all the details you never knew you needed. I'm Lena. And I'm Vero. And we both not only share a deep love for the show and its creators, but also for our glorious patrons who enrich our lives on more than one level. Today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 21. Anything Pierce can do, I can do better. And attentive listeners, of course, know what this is a reference to. But I'm gonna explain it later in the Facts and Funds. Are you willing to tell us what this episode is about without too much swearing? I managed not to swear once, but don't expect anything positive, because I hate this episode. Lucifer is incredibly blind even for his standard, Chloe's emotional state should carry a whiplash warning, and Pierce is like a fucking piece of cardboard, sorry, didn't manage not to swear, Pierce is like a piece of cardboard who still manages to get engaged to Chloe at the end. Lied to me, she looked me in the eye and she lied to me. The German title, by the way, is different. What is it? The Better Pierce. I hate it. It's horrible. At least the English title allures to something. Yeah, I hate it. Nothing about Pierce is better or good or anything. The name in itself of that episode is an oxymoron. Ooh, yes. Very good. Mm -hmm. I think that the obsession of the week is fairly clear this time. I have gone with Chloe. I have gone with being better than Pierce. To convince Chloe. Because that for me was the trouble inside this episode. Had his focus been Chloe as Chloe, he might not have fucked it up so royally. But Instead, he was focused on being better than Pierce. Well, it seems to be holding some water, so (laughs) I'm gonna let that one go. Was there anything fun? Yes. Oh yeah, good. So, for this week's facts and fun, we of course have our usual ones, and boy, there's some curiousness there. We have a first-time director, Jim Vickers, who apparently is a stunt coordinator with 129 stunt credits to his name and only four regular directing credits. He won a Primetime Emmy Award in 2007 for outstanding stunt coordination on CSI Miami with the episode Rush. So, did not expect that. We have eighth-time writer Alex Katznelson and thank fuck it's their final credit for Lucifer. There are five solo credits because their other credits were always with someone else. Wingman, Sin Eater, Love Handles, all about her. None of those episodes rank particularly high for me. But this, to me, is the worst of the bunch. The title is set by Lucifer and the title, of course as some of you might well remember, is a reference to the song Anything You Can Do, I Can Do Better from the musical Annie Get Your Gun, which is a fictionalized version of the actual life of Annie Oakley, who lived 1860 to 1926, a sharpshooter who starred in Buffalo Bill's Wild West and her romance with sharpshooter Frank E. Butler. Another well-known song from the same musical is There's No Business Like Show Business. Well, we can link that one for a change. The ballet being performed is Giselle, which obviously reflects the relationship between Pierce, Chloe and Lucifer. We talk about this in detail, both in The Devils in the Music and The Devils in the Detail. But for those of you who are not our lovely believers on Patreon, very broadly, a deceitful man leading a double life falls in love with Giselle, while another man who is also in love with her tries to persuade her the first is not what he seems. Disastrous results for all involved. Ta-da! That's the shortest summary I could find. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Over to you. Okay. Well, let's get into the episode with the previously on Lucifer. Lucy is not coping very well with Kane and Chloe being an item. Pierce was ready to hurt anyone just so he gets what he wants. Mace reminds him Chloe is the one who'll suffer. Charlotte knows about divinity and that the brothers can't take her to heaven. Mace says some shitty things in front of Trixie. Kane grows the last second conscious and stops Chloe from sharing her feelings. And Lucy wants to fuck him up for hurting her when he realizes that his mark is gone. The callback to Mace inadvertently hurting Trixie hurts so bad. Yeah. I am getting over Mace in this episode. I'm going to talk about that when we get there. But first we have, at least to me, very confusing cold open. Because I had no idea what was going on. Why were we suddenly at a ballet performance? I was still very much invested in how we ended last episode. This is still a procedural crime show. Still, we did have it happen in the past. And when we ended on heavy cliffhangers that we just continued right away and the next scene does exactly that but still I was very much confused and also confession ballet always kind of creeps me out why I have no idea when I was a child I danced ballet myself I had to do ballet for four years and I have been to ballet performances but I don't know ballet creeps me out it's not my type of movement personally it scares me a little bit because dancing on point and all the lifts and everything especially when you see it on a tv show like lucifer or i don't know the last one i saw that was an episode on house and there's always somebody getting hurt in these shows obviously because that's the point (laughs) that's the point of on point so i do have it associated with a lot of either broken bones or death or stuff like that so it makes me quite uncomfortable watching ballet but as i finished this note case in point <laughs> so yes let's beat this joke until it's completely dead just like ballet dancers beat their shoes and just like lucifer was gonna beat kane unfortunately he didn't actually finish the job obviously because callback later in the episode angels can't kill humans and now that appears is a mortally mortal no can do oh also forgot to mention we have the ballerina dancing to Giselle that we mentioned before this bit is from the second act called the prince enters and sees the specter of Giselle so we are now back to where we left off last episode and Lucifer has the exactly same reaction that I had which is it makes no sense that the mark is gone yeah and then Cain explains what he thinks and then Lucifer explains what he thinks and I would like to just take a quick look at both of these theories. If we follow Cain's logic, it would mean that Lucifer is probably now immortal near Chloe because she doesn't have feelings for Lucifer but she has feelings for Cain which we don't have any proof of. But we get later the episode. Oh yeah, we do have in the future but right now we don't have a proof of that but still it feels interesting that Lucifer logic actually fits a little bit better even though I don't agree with what he says and we have our logic and our version of the events that we discussed last episode but Lucifer's logic is that God have decided to take off the mark right at that moment just to mess with Cain. If that were right to that I wouldn't be surprised if Cain would still be immortal even if the mark was gone. (laughs) That would be so fucking awesome. (laughs) That would be absolutely amazing honestly. 
I love this. Can this please be true? If that were true, and Lucifer's current theory about how and why the mark is gone, and his devil face gone, and why his wings are back and everything, it would be infinitely better. Because that's his theory about everything. God is trying to manipulate me or everybody else around me, and that's all the explanation that I need. I know I said so last episode, but can you please write this shit? I would enjoy this so much more than what we get this episode. Nah, I don't know how I'd resolve that. You know, if we ever come up with our own TV show, I will be happy to team up with my conspiracy brain and spew out some random thoughts and hopefully we can make it up into a story. And then I'm gonna resolve them. Yes, let's do that. That sounds actually like a really good idea. Yeah, plays to both of our strengths. Mm-hmm. But as I said before, I do not agree that Chloe love is the key because that would mean that she was in love with Lucifer in episode 4 season 1 and she most definitely was not (laughs) so I say no Kane. I am pretty sure it is because he had this sliver of unselfishness and I hate it but what I did not hate is my mortally challenged friend oh yeah that was great I think Lucifer has a lot of very good whips in this episode, this is one of them. I think this is the first one that is coming. I think I've written a few more down the line. Also, do you remember one of my Cain or Abel devil in the details? Depends which parts. Because we do remember Cain collects rocks. Oh, and Lucifer gives him a rock. And a rock is the weapon Cain used to slay his brother. So Lucifer picking up a rock to finish the business with Kane. Nice. Jesus, I was so upset because the second he hands the rock over to Kane and Kane says, oh, I've got this. I was like, mm, why do I have a feeling he ain't got it? Lucifer maybe want to make sure that he got it? This, it's understandable that Lucifer walks away because he doesn't want to deal with him anymore. But And he can't. But this was the first instant where I started to worry that this episode was going to go in a direction that would not make me happy. And I was very, very emotionally invested in the last episode. Very much. And sadly, all my emotional investment keeps dying throughout this episode and that's why I hate it so much because the build-up they did last episode was fucking brilliant and to me it feels like it just goes into the ether and is not used and that's why I'm so angry because I'm disappointed because I know they can do better it's like you're working for your climax and five seconds before you're there your vibrator dies that's how I felt after watching this episode utterly frustrated so please bear with me because I'm gonna try but I can't make promises okay let's move on with this story We go to the precinct and I do feel so bad for Chloe that she needs to go to work and she really doesn't deserve this. And then Ella is being the best friend for the last time in this entire episode. Yes! And... I just written down, oh, I love Ella. She's such a good friend. And then two notes later, I just get mad and I can't. There is one more instance in this episode when I'm okay with Ella again, but it has nothing to do with Chloe or anybody else there. And it's just so upsetting. But right now I was still okay. This scene is the first time for me where Ella oversteps the boundaries too far. Mm -hmm. Usually she reads to me as very invested 
invested in everyone around her because she cares so much about everyone. Here, it overboards into meddling. And that is not okay. I think the problem is that she is no longer doing this to make Chloe happy. She's doing this because she sees herself for some forsaken reason in Pierce and she's trying to resolve her own problems through him. Also, she ships them and she wants this to work. She has been shipping them from the beginning. Yes. It's okay to ship people in your brain, but don't meddle. That's why I don't like it. It might be that you're right that she's projecting and that is why she wants this to work. Let me use this opportunity to say, where is my Ella backstory? But this is sadly the first time I don't like Ella. Yeah, same. Same. It starts in this scene and then it does not really change until the very end. It's very disappointing. I have two notes on Chloe that I want to mention. A, as long as she wears the sunglasses, I love everything about it because she looks so done. It's so perfect. The hair is perfect. The posture and everything. Then she takes off the glasses and she has those red rimmed eyes, but the whites of her eyes are perfectly white. They are not perfectly white when you have been crying your fucking eyes out. It takes hours for bloodshot crying eyes to recharge. I know that because I cry very easy. That makes one of us. I found that hilarious. Let's put it that way. And of course, when he says that he's now actually in love with her and he wants to win her back, I just have like one line of no. Yeah, he says, I have nothing to protect her from. And I was like, well, maybe you want to protect her from the arsehole that is yourself. Maybe? No? That didn't cross cross his mind at all. So we move over, but we have a song to do that with. It's called The Lowdown by Warbly Jets. We move over to the crime scene and Lucifer's already waiting there for her. And here I was still hopeful about their interaction. So I don't have any complaints here. My complaints only start once Pierce shows up. Yeah, these few scenes are very misleading to us. They all start us with this very optimistic outlook and then they just fuck us over immediately. My first note on this is fuck Kane, fuck him in all caps so I think that you're kind of getting the gesture of of what is happening in my brain I have another quip from Lucifer that made me chuckle which is I thought you were already having tea with Hitler and then Pierce walks up to Chloe and my initial reaction was come on slap him just slap him across the face it would be so well deserved for once I was so happy to agree with Lucifer's judgmental ways because he's such a fucking scumbag and this is the next day it's not that long ago the audacity that he has to come up to Chloe and profess his love and thinking that that's how it's gonna resolve the conflict honestly I was slightly afraid that she was gonna take him back there and then and if she would have done it I'd be so done I would probably not even finish the show oh it's so overbearing that he puts her on the spot like that in public it's so inappropriate and it's so selfish again he had one moment of being selfless and that allows him in our narrative anyway to lose the fucking mark and now it's like charlotte when charlotte thought that she has to buy her way 
out of her mind hell. She was working really, really hard. And then the second she saw an easy way out, she relapsed immediately. And this is exactly what he is doing, which is, by the way, an interesting parallel that I did not realize up until this moment. And even though Charlotte is relapsing, we still like her more than him. Because excuse me, it's Charlotte. What's not to laugh? Then we continue on with the scene and Lucifer outs Chloe's breakup to everyone. Well, everybody knew about it already. Dan didn't. Dan didn't? He didn't seem surprised. Yes, he did. But speaking of Dan, Dan is one of my utter bright spots this episode. Every single fucking second of and with him is pure perfection because I'm gonna go cause... This is awkward. And then he starts walking off, but then he turns back and he agrees with Lucifer. Screw that guy. Mm -hmm. I fucking love Dan. I think in this episode, he's my favorite character. He is amazing. I love Charlotte this episode. Um gonna have a few issues with Charlotte but I still adore her. I love 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 Dan in this episode for sure. What I found curious at this moment is how Ella looks guilty as fuck when they talk about the body and they mention the breakup and stuff and Lucifer starts talking shit about Pierce and Ella just looks at him super guilty and then runs off back to the lab and it made me wonder What did she do? Which turns out she did a lot and I am very much not happy. What made me not happy is Lucifer keeps talking smack about Pierce and Chloe goes like, hey, don't. And then it becomes obvious that she has not made up her mind yet and that she might take Pierce back. And I'm sorry, what? So we are being extremely absolutists. No, but sorry, how? How in the fucking world can super cop, super mom, strong independent woman got through a messy, lengthy divorce, got gaslit by her ex-husband, managed to work through this, has been able to manage Lucifer the past three seasons like a fucking pro? And then someone breaks her heart in the most cruel way possible. And she's like, oh yeah, sure. He just trampled all over my heart. Maybe I'm gonna take him back. Because I'm totally into it when people treat me like shit. So if you are pushed into emotion like that, and then somebody stumps on your heart, you feel like an idiot. You feel like... How could I ever let this person let me into this? You feel horrible. And if this person comes in and gives you out to say, I actually have feelings for you. You were not stupid. You were not dumb. You were actually right. And I was a coward. So you will at least consider taking that out because that means that you weren't stupid. But this is human emotion. And I know it's not good. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. This is not about good or bad. It just doesn't make sense to me. That's my issue. And maybe the reason is that I, in general, don't understand these types of relationships. Because for me, there is always the rationality that is the base for everything. Yeah, I think that Chloe is not 
as rational as we would like her to be right now. You have to be the romance expert of the two of us. <laughs> I'm not gonna be it. I have no idea. Okay, well, you gonna be the cry expert and I'm gonna be the romance expert because I'm very bad at it, but apparently still better than you. I don't understand romantic relationships. Never have, never will. But of course, within all this horrible emotion and chaos and non-rationality, she moves off and by going off, she gives Lucy a paper cut, which cuts deep and bleeds. So he is still vulnerable in her vicinity. Which immediately makes him jump on Kane's theory. Because he wants it to be her love, because that means she still loves him and he still has a chance. And I just, once again, put down, it's not her love, I'm sure. And of course, we end the scene with the title card. Yep, and then Lucifer says, allow me to catch you up. Perfect transition, once again. It's great. We get into Linda's office. He starts talking to Linda about what just happened. And Linda seems to be very confused because she hasn't connected all the dots. She doesn't have all the information. And I love how they kind of set it up as, oh, wait a second. Okay, let's sit down and I'll tell you exactly what happened since the last time I saw you. And I actually expected Linda to solve this conundrum of how come Lucifer is vulnerable slash Kane is mortal now and stuff like that in like five seconds. And she didn't. I find it hilarious that she is so out of the loop because I'm pretty sure he went to therapy last episode. So it's not that long that they spoke, but so much happened. So much happened. That she already is so much out of the loop. And I actually have to disagree with my note that I made because my note was I disagree with Lucifer Chloe is not on the fence I now have to disagree with it because I think Chloe is actually on the fence and I think at the very end of the episode she takes Pierce as a consolation and I forgot that I had this point of view here and then changed it at the very end of the episode I have to say something about Linda because as usual, Lucifer storms out, but not as usual. The camera remains on Linda and she looks off into space and she goes like, why do I feel like I should have stopped him this time? And you do remember, I have complained about this before. Yes, she should have stopped him. And yes, she needs to change her therapy approach with him. She needs to explain things more clearly. I mean, I felt like at least she tried to get him to realize that he wants her for himself. Well, she tried to guide him there. It didn't actually work out. She tried to guide him and thankfully at the end she realizes maybe the therapy guidance time is over and we need friendship explicitness. Well, speaking of callbacks, I'm gonna put myself on the back here because I have actually predicted that Cain will screw Mace over. I mean, it wasn't difficult to predict, but this is what he's doing right now. He is not telling her that the mark is already gone because he is afraid that she would be able to kill him anyway, which is interesting. He broke up their plan via text message, which is such an asshole move. I'm sorry. That's just not okay. 
I mean, it's a very Lucifer move. The worst bit about this is that Cain and Lucifer actually have a lot in common. And as much as I hate to admit that, that's one of the problems. And I think that's one of the reasons why Chloe actually ends up with Cain in the end. Chloe has horrible taste in men. Let's just put it that way. Yes, because when she was with Dan, he was a piece of shit as well. Exactly. Ugh. Did you like their plan, Pierce and Mace's original plan, that they would frame Lucifer for the murder of Pierce? I think it would be very difficult to actually pull off. I think if anybody can ever pull it off, it would have been Mace. But I still don't think it was a very realistic plan. I really like the plan because it would have meant that Chloe is forever alienated from Lucifer if they managed to make her honestly believe that Lucifer killed Pierce. And by this, the connection between Chloe and Lucifer would have been broken. And if that is the answer how Maze thinks she's gonna go back to hell, okay, but I don't see that as the logical consequence for Lucifer, to be honest. We'll never know. I have another question. When the fuck did Pierce have time to bake? And my idea of this is that he didn't. I actually am convinced that Ella is the one who made the lemon bars. <gasps> And that's why she was looking so fucking guilty earlier. Oh my god, I love this! Also, I am convinced that he has no idea that her favorite cake is a lemon bar. And again, Ella was there to save the day. And it just made me even more upset. I love it and I hate it and it's brilliant. And I want you to be right. While simultaneously you're hoping that Kane did all of it by himself and Ella had nothing to do with it. No, Ella is gonna have to do something else to redeem herself. But thankfully the season is not over yet. So there's still hope. And in danger of repeating myself, once again, Dan saves the scene because he comes up to the desk, bites into it and is really enjoying it. And then Ella says that, oh, it's actually my beers. And he immediately spits the cake into the garbage and goes, who needs the empty calories? And it's just so good. We move over to ballet practice and really a ballet casting show. What do they call it? America's next prima ballerina or something? Until we actually got the chance to talk to the girl, I was fully on board that another ballerina is a raging killer who murdered somebody else with her shoe. Because that is honestly quite fitting with all the ballerinas I know. Have you watched Black Swan? Yes. So did Lucifer. <laughs> Now, we go outside of the dancing studio and we see the most impractical bullshit in the fucking universe. It's so inconvenient. Why would you do that to someone? Right? It's not just me. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I mean, I'm gonna go out with something that that will make me feel kind of weird because I don't normally say that, but I like getting flowers. It's a very rare thing for me, but I like getting flowers. But who doesn't like getting flowers? Oh, people who think it's dead anyway and stuff like that. So you give them a potted flower, then it can live. Yes, but car full of roses? How is she gonna drive back? Now she is forced to drive back with Lucifer. So essentially what he did is that he made Lucifer and Chloe spend more time together. Also, it's a waste of roses. Not to mention that. And so I'm against it. I'm very much against this. Roses are awesome flowers because they have thorns and they are pretty. So they can fuck you up while being beautiful. That's a great way to look at it. Right? But it's just a waste of roses. And don't waste roses. Just don't. Uh, we go into the penthouse where apparently Lucifer has 
has ordered a mana deal to come because it's important. The reinforcement has been called in. I have to confess, I found it fucking hilarious that no one, especially not Lucifer, explained the whole Cinnamon Cain being the same person thing. They literally tell him nothing. Amenadiel knows nothing. It's so funny. I love it so much. Amenadiel is so fucking lost and confused. I do wonder if he once again got a fucking emoji message. I doubt that he did because... Uh. But what do you think he does every day? Does he just sit at home, stares at, his, at a ceiling and waits for Lucifer to call? No, I think he sits somewhere outside waiting for a divine sign what his test is. I was shocked as much as Lucifer that Ames is being so cooperative and it turns out and it gets confirmed a little bit later on that Ames is as much as Linda was convinced that Lucifer is doing this to get Chloe for himself which unfortunately is not the case even though it should be yeah it should be we go into the precinct and Lucifer tries to prove once again that he is more useful than Pierce. Also, I have to confess, I don't care about the case of the week. Not even a little bit. I care about it just enough to see the parallels between the case and what we get in our metaplot. And because I see the parallels between the Belay story and what we get, I did not care about the additional parallel. Two is enough, I didn't need three. <laughs> I think three is what puts it over the top, but never mind. So the dude is being a complete dickhead and turns out, shocking, he actually is not a cripple. So then I have another quote from Lucifer, when at the end of this scene, he looks at the guy and says, you better not be pulling our legs. So good, it's so bad. He did take a jab at the dude a few times during the scene and even before they bring him in or before they talk to him I did not write those down because I was just like if I tell them to Lina she will literally murder me through the camera once per scene is enough mm -hmm. and of course just one more mention is gonna go towards Ella because this is a stupid and dumb reality show and no surprise Ella loves it and knows it well shocking not we go over to Charlotte who is at a hotel room three stars because that's what she deserves. Which is hilarious. It's so funny. And I have to say, it is smart of Ames to go to Charlotte because it serves a double purpose by giving her a purpose, but also he gains competent help for something he has no idea how to approach. Can you get out of my notes, please? Thank you. No, <laughs> because I'm in your head. Oh, no. But yes, you're absolutely right. This is helping with multiple purposes. And I love that Ames actually seems to be capable at this moment. Because coming up with this, how else to bring Pierce to his downfall than to prove that he is a criminal mastermind? It actually works the same way as Maze's plan was supposed to work. Frame Lucifer for murder in order to get him out of the picture. Here, reveal Kane's murder to get him out of the picture. The difference between the two is that Kane is actually a piece of shit who does all this stuff for reals and Lucifer is in the stretch of the meaning and, and the show the parallel is actually the good guy. Of course, this is not black and white, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. And for the sake of brevity, I'm not gonna argue with you. Thank you. We move over into the garage 
And is Chloe into muscle cars? Well, I mean, she loves Lucifer's car, right? So I felt like I missed something that tells us more that she is into a certain type of car. I don't think it was specifically spelled out at any stage. Okay, because she seems really into that car and know what it is and everything. So I was very... I think this is an interesting scope into Chloe's mind as well, this episode, because not only we learn that she loves cars like this, we also don't think we knew that she likes seasonal beverages and her favorite dessert is a lemon bar. I think those are all new things, new information to us, but not to Lucifer. So honestly, I actually trust his judgment in this because I think that he knows her really well. And she is really into that car. Exactly. So it was apparently a good choice. But then, of course, he has to go and drop the title, which fucks it up. Shocking. And she says it's not about stuff, Lucifer. And again, I bring in something that I alluded to earlier. The problem is that Kane and Lucifer have something in common. And that is that neither of the two actually understands what love or a relationship is all about. Unfortunately, Kane has Ella to his disposal, so he actually has the upper hand in this situation. He has somebody who understands how romance works and shit to do shit for him, to come up with ideas, because for some unforsaken reason, she still is helping him. To wrap this situation up between Chloe and Lucifer, in my brain, I just had to repeat, Linda really should have explained this one. Because then this would have been the moment where Lucifer would have been able to resolve, to salvage the situation. But because he honestly does not understand himself well enough in this moment, he makes it worse. And that is exhausting to me because I feel that he should have grown enough in the past three seasons to move beyond this. Well, now we're gonna go into the apartment and it's the next morning and Mace is sitting on the couch like nothing happened and this is the moment where I realized that she will try to put Chloe and Kane together just so her stupid plan can work and I was really pissed off because not only she is lying to Chloe but now we have another person, another character working in favor of of Pierce and Chloe as a couple. And I fully understand why you hate it and I hate the situation, but I love Mace as supervillain. She is perfect in her uber evilness. She's too good at it. I don't like her being on the bad side. Which I fully can empathize with, but she has regressed back into her pure demon form basically. And she is playing this to perfection. But she gives us this one insight into her psyche when she says people will always let you down because she is the one letting down everyone around her. She's deceiving Chloe. She let down Trixie. But she is also the one who was let down by everybody. See, I thought that when you said that she gives us a little insight into her psyche, I thought that you were gonna mention the emotion that shows up in her face when Trixie walks in. The half a second of pain that we see on Maze's face, which gives us the only saving grace for me for Mace in this episode and that is that she actually is hurting due to what she did to Trixie. So she should. Which makes sense 
Because Trixie is the only person who has not let her down. Trixie is the only person who did not disappoint her. Yeah, and look how she treated her. We get a phone call with the necessary lead to proceed with the storyline. About which, as I said, I don't care. And we <laughs> get a great song called Where to Go by Sounds Like Moving. And Where to Go... We go to the Sterling residence and I love that Lucifer is already there. I love that he interpreted the entire situation in a completely wrong way. Affair, stalker. And then we have Mr. Sterling show up and of course... At this stage, Chloe already knows what was happening and that he was keeping what's her face as a mistress. And then we have another little piece of a parallel to our meta plot when Mr. Sterling gets called out. Sorry, I love the name Mr. Sterling, so I'm gonna say that a lot. Feel free. Mr. Sterling gets called out for finding the love of his life, but also having a wife and children in his real main life and having his mistress on the side and he says you don't always get to pick who you'll fall in love with and you can tell that Lucifer hears it he does nothing about it but he hears this and at this stage I was convinced that Mr. Sterling got duped because the woman would have to have a lover of her own who would walk in and use her computer and try to advance her career so that was where I was at at that stage this entire scene felt extremely weak to me the whole oh you don't choose who you fall in love with yeah maybe you don't choose that but you choose to lie to your wife have a mistress on the side well that's why he gets the judgment yeah so the whole oh you don't choose one thing yeah that's correct but you still chose to do a whole lover bullshit and the self-identifying was so over the top again that i was like can we not and this scene in itself fell flat for me extremely but they make up for it in the next scene when Charlotte and Amenadiel are chasing Pierce and holy shit Charlotte's outfit yes she is amazing everything about her is perfect I adore this woman the scene starts with them watching Pierce getting an envelope of a known criminal and I was absolutely convinced and turns out at the end that I was right that It was a stupidly innocent situation. He just chose the wrong person to deal with. But if they would have taken the pictures to the authorities, as Amenadiel did suggest at this stage, Charlotte was right. They didn't know what was inside that envelope and it was not anything incriminating, unfortunately. I adore Charlotte's attitude because she explains to Amenadiel that they have basically nothing. But that doesn't stop her because she is on a mission for God. And so she steals a bike of another person, but to just put the crown on top of it, she knees the dude in the crotch. Why? No idea, but I fucking love it. So he doesn't follow her. And then she follows Pierce 
both of them driving so reckless. It's incredible. Okay, so before she actually runs off to get that bike, Amenadiel questions what was what is happening and whatever what they should do, and she says we're working for God now. And Amenadiel doesn't really correct her. He kind of is misleading Charlotte in this moment. Is he? I think he truly believes that they are working towards God's plan. But like, regardless if they are working towards plan, and this is, I think, one of the issues that puts Ames into the position where he is right now, that the intent might be in a certain way, but it matters how you get to your goal. So it's not just about if I am trying to fulfill God's mission and steal and cheat and murder on the way there, it's not gonna land me heaven, is kind of the point. And I feel like Amenadiel should know this by now. But that has always been Amenadiel's issue. I know, but this is what led to his downfall. And I feel like he should know by now that he shouldn't probably do that. If he were confronting himself with the reality of things, yes, but that's not his strong suit. Anyway, so now he is leading Charlotte the same path he is on, which I am not extremely happy about, but at least she's sober, right? The blind leading the blind is what I call this. And we get a song for the chase called Used to Know by Starcrawler, and who saw it coming that Pierce is gonna wait for her somewhere? Me! It was so obvious to me that as she was following him like that out in the open he would notice and he would try to take her down. What I did not expect was Charlotte's safe It was incredibly smart. And so gross. It was very gross, but that's why it worked. And I love that he said, oh, I would 100% do you, but unfortunately I can't. And I don't like the reason why he can't, but it was just all so perfect. This scene was amazing. It's nice to see that he still appreciates a beautiful woman when he sees one, despite being in love with Chloe. Like normal humans do. We go back to the precinct. And my first relevant moment there is when Pierce calls Chloe on her phone and she decides to answer it because she steps out of the glass conference room thingy and then Ella and Lucifer all lean towards the glass to listen in and that is such a perfect moment choreography wise. I adore this. This is one of my favorite moments in this second because sadly Whiplash she agrees to dinner and while I'm still reeling from that decision she also says yes to Lucifer how what why what is going on I was completely confused and my brain just went love triangles hate them not caring I quit and I emotionally left the episode in this moment. I emotionally shut down in this moment because now we have proper explicit love triangle and I just noped the fuck out. Well, we not only get Chloe agreeing to seeing both of them on the same night because Lucifer kind of pressures her into that to be honest because he hears the phone call and he realizes that if he can do anything he needs to do it now and regardless of what he decides to do he knows he needs to do it immediately and he ideally needs to get there before Kane, which was a very correct assumption. I kind of appreciated this moment. You mentioned them leaning against the glass, all three of them, but also after Lucifer starts talking to Chloe, the two of them are still there. And I kind of like 
the idea of each of them being a cheerleader of the other one and you kind of see them kind of competing with the energy against each other like oh no my champion's gonna win this no my champion's gonna win this Ella is team Pierce Dan is team Lucifer weirdly enough Dan is team Lucifer I think that Lucifer just grew on him over the over the time so yes I love the fact that Dan is team Lucifer seriously that's so good so we get that little tidbit and we can move on to the penthouse while Fleur's de la Lune is playing which the name is a obvious callback to Fleur de la Lune and uh, it is by Off Verona and my first note on this is Lucifer you better be ready to confess your feelings my first note is this is gonna go wrong and I'm gonna hate it and then my second note is screw you Lucifer mm-hmm. my second note is Lucifer you idiot I hate this Chloe has an absolute fair reaction. So I am extremely mad at Lucifer at this stage. And the main reason why I'm mad at him. And I feel like this is a callback to what we talked about earlier. I have kind of waited to talk about this for a few reasons. Because I, especially in this moment, am convinced that he is in such a deep denial about why he doesn't want her to be with Kane That he is doing everything wrong. And that is the reasoning why he's not confessing her his feelings. Because he doesn't believe that it would do anything. He really believes that he is doing her a favor by pushing Pierce out of the way. And... <sighs> Part of the reason, obviously, is that he is fighting this because he wants to protect Chloe from Kane and whatever Kane has. But also, if you look at it, all of those reasonings why Kane would have any reasons to fuck with Chloe are now gone. And Lucifer knows that. So I think this idea of Chloe actually spending her life with somebody else is throwing him for a loop because of the deep, deep deep denial that he is in and that is that is why i i am ready to live with what is happening here i'm not sure if i agree that he is in denial as much as you see him to be i think he is aware on certain levels he is justifying his behavior to himself as protecting chloe from pierce but Bottom line is he can't have her for his own fucked up reasonings, but he still loves her and he still wants her to choose him even without him telling her that he loves her. But most importantly, no one else can have her. I am pretty sure even if it was not a supernatural former immortal that was courting Chloe, he would have ended up intervening in one way or the other. And this is a level of self-involvement and selfishness that I deem not worthy of season 3 episode 21 Lucifer and that's why I personally don't like it. Within the narrative it's amazing, it's great because this pushes Chloe over the edge. He breaks her heart by making it so obvious it is more important to him that she is not together with Pierce than it is to make a clear commitment to her. And in my opinion, that's the reason why at the very end she says yes to Pierce. And so storytelling-wise, I appreciate this as much as I hate it on a personal level, but I think this is really well done. This is really smartly done. It's infuriating, but callback. Everyone who watches this show is a fucking masochist. And I feel for Chloe. Honestly, when we started doing this show, 
I never expected to empathize as much with Chloe as I do, but I really do feel for her. And you know what? Screw Lucifer, screw Pierce. Just kill them both and have her back together with Dan for all. Oh, not Dan. I don't know. Have her find a new person. Because seriously, so far, nobody deserves her. Yeah. Except Trixie. And we get actually one moment of me not hating Ella in this episode. And that is when Dan and Ella both call Chloe and their lap partners. They actually do the science together and happily, excitedly call Chloe with knowing who the culprit is and solving the case. It's such a stupid resolution with the the reflection of the glass shows the outfit of the ballet dancer because obviously he was still wearing his costume when he took the compromising video. I was very much done with the weekly plot. You were very much done with this entire episode at this stage so I am not surprised. And this just made it worse. I loved Dan and Ella working together. It made me super happy. It was very giddy and they were very excited and I was there for it. So we get the solving of the case and we go to the opening night where Lucifer immediately figures out it was Miguel and I find it interesting that the first moment he immediately recognizes the situation Miguel found himself in and he doesn't connect it immediately. It takes him a little bit longer and then something else I didn't see come in. Mr. Sterling shows up. That I truly found surprising. And I was like, ooh, plot twist, fun. So Mr. Sterling shows up with his gun and (laughs) stops the performance. And in that moment, Lucifer realizes the parallel and so does Chloe. And even though she is struggling with this emotional situation, she's still being good cop and she still takes down Mr. Sterling and arrests him. Lucifer just lets her leave. This is what upset me, that he just lets her leave. Even though he had the final realization. Yeah. Okay, so we go to Kane and Kane is crying. He's not, but he should. Because Chloe stood him up. And good that she did, because she was working. But then he, what he does is that he decides to go to her instead. He decides to leave his place. And I find it hilarious that he doesn't blow out the candles. And I was like, yay, maybe his house is going to burn down. But sadly, that doesn't happen because Amenadiel and Charlotte break into Pierce's place. I was surprised. I was expecting Mace to be the one breaking in for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know what she would gain. I just love the fact that apparently Pierce had the big glass window fixed that Lucifer broke yesterday. And now already he has another broken window. (laughs) He deserves it. So I found that extremely uh, entertaining. But also they go in, they figure out that the envelope that he received for the bunch of money is empty and that they have no leads, no clues, no idea and basically, well, their mission for God failed. At this stage, I remembered what was in the envelope and I got very upset. I knew this was coming. I had completely forgotten the fact that he proposes to her and that she says yes. I had successfully managed to suppress the memory of this story and I now know why. I knew this was coming, but I only remembered that it's coming now at this moment. And one positive thing about the scene is Charlotte's determination. Because I think that Emmanuel has lots to learn from Charlotte. And I think their pairing up in a 
solving crimes and kicking names is going to be interesting yet. Kicking names? Yeah. Do you not know the, the saying? Kicking names and taking R's. <laughs> Beautiful. We move over into the penthouse and this is the moment where Linda starts going back into my good graces. Because even though it is too late, she comes to this realization and she makes the choice to step out of the therapist position into the friendship role. And this is what I have been waiting for. And I truly hope that they continue to redeem Linda for me because I am well aware that this is a personal thing that I have with Linda but this is now the first step and I do hope that this continues in the next few episodes because I miss Linda on my top list I actually loved her speech so much that I have written it down in full she says that's an excuse don't you see you're doing the same thing as him now by not telling Chloe the truth you're taking her choice away The truth is, no one really knows what your dad is responsible for. We're all just guessing, even you. But you know the one thing he can't control, what you do in this moment, right now. So I ask you, the devil, what do you truly desire? And I think that's a beautiful motivational speech. And nobody, literally nobody Lucifer knows could have said it better. I fucking love the fact that she asks him what he desires because I don't think anyone has ever honestly asked him that. And I don't think that he has ever honestly asked himself that. So this scene with the lighting and everything and the softness in it and the vulnerability is really, really well done. And when he says, I want her to choose me as the thing that he truly desires, it makes perfect sense. But also he never really gave her the chance to choose it. So what he wants is utterly impossible, which fits the narrative that Linda summarizes in her speech perfectly. Lucifer, as the comic, is inherently about choice and free will and takes that to an extremely philosophical level. The TV show is much less serious, but this is one of those few instances where the darker source material shows through because taking away free will or fighting for free will is core material of the whole Lucifer story. Not just the comic, but the whole fall from grace and everything. And him making it impossible for Chloe to make a choice at all or make an informed choice, depending on how you look at it, is way worse than anything else. Because this is what he fought for for himself, to be able to have free will. This is why he fell. And now he takes one of his highest goods, highest values in the universe away from the person he supposedly cares the most for. This entire thing, I love it. I don't expect them to go deep with this in the future because the show in its entirety has more levity. But I love that we have this short nod to the philosophical base. And in my opinion, Lucifer needs to come completely clean to Chloe. He needs to show her the divine truth. And then she can make an informed choice when she has all the information and hopefully then she chooses him. But he will never know unless he empowers her by giving her all data. Hence endeth my monologue. So at the end of this scene, 
we have a last song of this episode and who else to accompany us through this last scene and through this whole emotion that we're going through than Valerie Broussard. Again? The song that she is singing this time is called Cross My Heart. It's unfortunately YouTube only for now anyway and hopefully it's gonna appear on Spotify at some time in the future and god I love that woman. Nevertheless she is around and her beautiful voice is gonna guide us through this all cups filled last few notes that I have and we go to the apartment and as I mentioned before this is where Kane was headed and I just hate him so much. Boundaries! She did not show up for dinner. He ignores the obvious choice that she did not show up and then he shows up at her place. She does not ask him in. He ignores that as well. Once again boundaries. He just walks in and then he completely overshoots everything by fucking proposing and I lost my shit. I am so angry and then it gets worse because she says yes mm-hmm. and then it gets even worse for me because Lucifer saw the entire thing that I honestly didn't even care about because I was so angry <laughs> yeah I think there are many reasons why Chloe said yes really yes they are not the correct reasons they are not the reasons why you should say yes when somebody proposes I think part of the reason is that whole debacle that happened with Lucifer earlier that's the only reason I see so I'm very curious what else teach me teach me we have the fact that As I talked earlier about, she is getting emotionally manipulated into having feelings for Pierce for quite some while. And as you mentioned at the very beginning, emotional whiplash for Chloe. She has been thrown all over the place this episode. And genuinely, I think that she is not ready to make such a decision. Even if the thing with Lucifer didn't happen, this was all so much pressure put on her and it is only human that she can't take it anymore that she can't say no anymore because it's just easier to say yes and it's not like she hates him so I think the fact that she has feelings for him helped and the fact that she just realized that she can't have Lucifer at all because of the situation that happened just brought in that she is now left with well at least I'm gonna grab this because I can have that now the certainty that I have is that this person has been trying to get me this entire time and I will say yes to that because I don't hate him. And that's my issue because the entire time is they have been dating for like a month or something. It makes no sense. Chloe is a mother She's a divorcee. There is no way in hell that she is gonna get engaged after dating someone for a fucking month. Honestly, at this rate, I'm expecting them to have the wedding next episode. Probably. And maybe she's pregnant in two episodes. Yeah, and then they're gonna have a bunch of children and Lucifer is gonna go back to hell because he's gonna be heartbroken that she didn't pick him and finally Mace will get what she wants. No, you know what? Lucifer's going back to hell but leaves Mace on Earth. Oh, that would be very, 
very mean. And then Ames will be kind of lost, so he starts having an affair with Charlotte, who will see the only way of surviving this in befriending Eminadiel and do what he wants, because that's what God wants, right? You're just making it worse, oh my god! And Dan is sent into a depression because Charlotte breaks up with him. No, Charlotte, Charlotte's gonna go with both of them, they just won't know about it, and oh. then we'll then find out, and he's gonna be heartbroken, and he's gonna jump Ella just to kind of help his ego. And that's also gonna go bad, and then he's gonna turn into a crooked cop again, and Ella is gonna go back to her thieving, car-stealing ways. Yes, and that's how this show ends. This is why the show got cancelled after three seasons, because this is how it ended. Awesome. Wow. Maybe it's good that we don't write television. I have no words. I am so angry. A fucking proposal and Chloe says yes. Fuck this shit. If I had not been binging this show when I watched it the first time, I probably would have stopped watching the show after this episode. Charlotte is perfect. Dan is the best. Ella is at least funny. Linda makes a tiny step back into my good graces. But all in all, I hate this episode. I hate where it is probably going. I hate what this all probably means. Nope. Okay, this episode was a lot. They decided to go with a classic unimportant case that mirrors the metaplots and there is a lot to hate. Ella's support of Cain, Cain slithering back into Chloe's graces, Lucifer struggling with his denial, Mace lying to Chloe about her intention, but it also has a whole bunch of good. Dunn is being amazing, and I loved how they teamed him up with Ella in that moment, as I mentioned. Ames teaming up with Charlotte, which might be actually more beneficial for Ames than Charlotte, which came as a surprise to me. And, well, actually, everything Charlotte-related. And then we have Linda's speech in the end. I had goosebumps. So come at me with the next few episodes. I'm ready. Not. And with this, we say thank you for listening. If you are curious, find us on the various social media. We love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards from early release to hours of bonus content. Yes. Hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really help. Or telling all your friends about us, because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you! Bye! Bye.